Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning and welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. My name is Lincoln Shrike. I was supposed to be joined today by Gordon Mack. It's been a whole fit to get this organized, but we have Kevin Soley coming in from the bullpen. It's Thursday, July 2nd. The email, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Kevin, uh, I know you were surprised that you were going to have to join the show today, but how are you? I'm ready. I'm ready for a action-packed 30 minutes. We're going to squeeze as much <laughs> in here as we can. It's yeah. a pleasure to be with you, Lincoln. All right. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect to, to see you this morning, but happy to have you. Uh, we do have just a little bit of news, and we're going to make this a shorter episode. Usually when the episodes are, are shortened, it's because I'm getting uh, construction work done in my backyard, <laughs> or I'm, I'm feeling bored and ready to move on to my 15th cup of coffee. Uh, but we are, we're in a time crunch, so we'll get rolling with the news. First bit, we have USATF has changed course. They're, they have announced that they're going to allow 2020 marks to qualify for the 2021 trials shouldn't impact any of the elite names who will actually be competing for Olympic spots. But for the, some of those athletes who are just hoping to get a shot to compete at the Olympic trials, I think it's a pretty big deal uh, if if they are fit right now and can find a meet and can get a qualifier. Uh, what was your reaction to this bit of news? Yeah, the key bit there is can they find a meet? Can they take advantage mm -hmm. of the fact that USATF is now opening up the window? Because I don't think this was ever about the top tier of American track and field, the Bowerman Track Club, if you will, trying to figure out, man, how can we get Olympic trial standards? I think if they're not getting Olympic trial standards, even in the small window that used to be available, be available in, in 2021 or December 2020, then there was bigger problems on the horizon. So this is more about that bottom tier of trials qualifiers, but the issue still remains is, well, what meets are they actually going to go to to get sure. these fast times? The unresolved issue, I think, still is what's World Athletics going to do? Is World Athletics going to open up their window back up? Because that would have an impact because then you're talking about actual Olympic Games qualifiers, which has a whole host of ramifications. So I'm still waiting on that decision or if they just stand pat and say, nope, we're keeping things shut down in terms of qualification, in terms of world rankings until December. 
it feels like to me the pressure may be applied a little bit more once we start assuming we start these you know official diamond league meets like they're going to have starting yeah. in august in monaco where big boy and big girl marks you would think are going to be going to be thrown down and um that's when i think it will start to re re you know see renewed scrutiny on on world athletics if they're not gonna uh allow seriously allow olympic game qualifiers up until whatever it is december 1st so like mm -hmm. you've said in the past and i agree with it i think this is all fluid usatf showed it can be i know they're separate from world athletics but world athletics given enough pressure will will flip their script as well so i i don't think anyone is seriously concerned about this rule i mean we talk about mm -hmm. it because there's not a ton else to talk about um right. <laughs> but if there really is a, a solid track season i could see the world athletics of course saying yes we'll we'll accept these marks now the question will be are they going to go back to are they going to backdate it are they gonna be like okay going back to june 1 we'll accept him or is it only going to be from the start of the diamond league or will they truly not accept them at all I, it's there's always going to be controversy, little controversies involved with anything, it seems like, in, in track and field. Um, so we'll see. But most of the important players already have Olympic standards, so it's not a huge deal. But I don't know. I think if someone like Elise Cranny ran 1448, right. that was her Olympic standard. Um, you would assume she could run under 1510 again. But you never know if injuries pop up the rest of this year and she doesn't get healthy or something until the spring of 2021. I mean, it, it, it could be an issue for a few athletes for sure. So it's something that's to be looked at. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. You never know what's going to happen with injuries. You never know what's going to happen with, well, maybe it gives them the option to explore another event. Right. And then, oh man, Cranny goes back into the 1500 and she's even better in the 1500. I'm not saying that's exactly going to happen because 1448 is 1448, but you hear athletes talk all the time about the luxury of having options and being flexible as opposed to pressing and doing these last ditch qualifying efforts. I was interested to see that USATF, you know, they backdated this to April. So basically, if you ran any meet yeah. during this time or if you've recorded any mark during this time, then it's going to count, which yeah, that's good. I think is – it. yeah, it's not so, oh, this one group did it. So now all of a sudden you're letting these marks count. Well, what about these other ones? They're reflexively going back. And do certain groups have advantages here because they're able to pull together – time trials with their elite teammates yes but those groups have advantages with everything within the yeah. sport of track and field yeah. they're funded by a yeah. multi-million dollar they're funded by multi-million dollar shoe companies they can go to altitude camps they can get into meets and have heats and travel around the world whenever they want to so this isn't the only time when the top tier of professional track and field has more advantages over that next group of people who are just scrambling to get into the trials yeah and the same the same logic applies to worldwide certain countries have certain advantages and that's kind of over other countries so that's yeah if that logic is being if that realization is being made by usatf you'd think it would be made by world athletics and say we're not trying to make what's the point of making an egalitarian system for qualification if these advantages exist in in non-pandemic times uh it, it, again, it's it's not something I'm overly concerned about, but it would just be nice if we could just say, if we're going to have track, just let there be Olympic standards. If you're going to allow there to be world records, you know, uh, you, you're going to allow for records to be made, then you need to allow for standards to be yeah. made. It seems pretty simple. I, I know I understand their logic, but I think their logic is now dated uh, based on 
the the events that are coming up on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to say, hey, Diamond League, open for business, but none of these meets count, and we're worried about athletes having a level playing field because of travel restrictions. But come to our meet in yeah. European yeah. City X yeah. or Y. It's tough to have both sides of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I assume it's something's going to change. Um, and I, th- I think World Athletics has shown that it can be nimble and will will hopefully change their minds yeah. on it. But they've got other things going on right yeah. now, so I can understand if uh, – if they're counting on they're counting on Russia to dig them out of a economic hole, so and it's not happening right now. They haven't received their payments. How much does Russia? Owe? Did we find out yesterday? How much money is this? Six point three one million dollars. So again, that's a that's a serious line item for World Athletics <laughs> as they work operate out of a deficit. And now I will yeah. say, if you're if you're counting on Russia to keep you afloat, that maybe is not uh your best course of action and uh yeah well it's 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 within within the track and field world i just ever since that initial suspension with the mclaren report and the documentary and all that followed is every headlines like russia had this deadline to complete this step and didn't do it russia had this next deadline to do this thing and yeah they got half of it done and then they didn't get the other half so Owing six million dollars is this a fine? Can you tell me more about this this six million dollars and where it originates yeah. from? Because in track and field terms, six million dollars is a lot of money. That's not that's not just jump change. We're not talking about the MLB owners here who are going to cancel a season over what they could find underneath their iPad. But uh, but what's this? What's the uh, where is this money coming from? Is right. It, is, is this is this actually a fine? Or is it yeah, entry fees? Let me, Did they do the late no, entry fee option so many times for World Athletics uh, that they ra- rang up when they went to check out of their uh, mm-hmm. online re- race registration form that they had the <laughs> uh, the fifty dollar option checked for everybody instead of the twenty five dollar <laughs> option because they did not do the early bird. Did they pick up their packet late and get assessed a fine? Is that it? Did you they get the ar- high tech? Could argue that. They got the high tech T-shirt instead of the cotton one, and then just never paid anybody back, and have been doing it for years and years and years and years. It's just added up. Uh, it's not that uh, five million of the six point three one is a fine. Uh, okay. I would I would assume for missing these deadlines, and then one point three one is basically the reimbursement World Athletics is asking for uh, in you know all this all these charges they've assumed they've taken on by it with the, the doping review board and Russian task oh. force. Don't ask me what the difference of those two things are. Uh, we got a lot of fancy words, but the point is world athletics, not going to start, you know, the A and a process as it stands while they're still owed this money. So I, I listen, when I'm is Russia long, coming back? Yeah. When I don't know what they're, what is back? Their, we just don't know what Russia is ever up to, but you just you we learn to ex- to expect the worst when it comes to Russia. I don't know what their goals are. Do they want to have a tra- track and field program ever again, or do they just want to compete, have everyone compete in in Moscow and across the country? For, I I don't understand. I mean, you you know, I, are they trying if to they figure out how it. they're going to be able to cheat again? Because it's just it none of this makes sense. It's like they don't even care. I 
I don't know. Well, that, yes, that latter point, it really seems like if they wanted to get back in, they've been given chance after chance after chance to get back in. And you feel for athletes like Sergei Shubenkov, right? Who are, mm-hmm. or some of their other winners that have been going to world championships. And yes, they get to win and they get their moment, but it probably feels lessened because they know how they're viewed globally. And they're also standing up on a podium listening to the ANA song instead of the uh, the other one. Um, so I feel for those individual athletes, but their federation is completely letting them down because it seems yeah. they're more interested in proving a point than they are interested in abiding by the WADA code. That's how it's always felt to me. Absolutely. I've it's it's bizarre it's bizarre to me and yeah i think i I do feel for the athletes that have been successful in the a and a era uh, last skinny on obviously the best high jumper in the world uh mm-hmm. in the pole vault yeah it's gonna people that are affected by this who have done no harm and are just being negatively impacted by their governing bodies continued corruption continued denial uh it's it's yeah. a shame because uh, there are good athletes in russia even without a state-sponsored doping program um but they all get kind of lumped in when the the governing body of of russian athletics can, continues to operate in bad faith well and now they're going a step further right and they're putting restrictions on ana athletes now it's like okay not only yeah. are you not able to compete for russia and not only do you have to jump through any of these hoops now you can't even do anything now, mm-hmm. now you're looking at a scenario where you're not even able to compete, even if you are able to meet all these benchmarks that they put in initially, because they wanted to allow, they wanted to separate the athletes from the country. And they wanted to say, mm-hmm. hey, look, we understand you do not work for the Federation. You represent the Federation, but you are not in charge. You should not have to pay the cost of all these mistakes that have come before you, which I think was the the fairest way possible to adjudicate it because there did need to be some punishment for the huge, huge uh, malfeasance that was taking place with the, with the Federation. But now that looks to be going away and it looks to be, Mm -hmm. well, now we have no other choice. We have no other leverage than to start pulling the card of the ANA folks as well too, which then that, that really sucks because this is the pride of their career. It, it kind of strikes me, and I could be wrong, but with with what Russia's doing right now by not taking these steps to get back in compliance is like, you know, if we're going to be stuck in the mud with this process, we're also going to bring down these A&A athletes with us. Like, don't think you're better than us. We're going to drag you through this as well. I, I don't know if that's yeah, the case yeah. at all, but it's kind of like, well, we're in trouble and you're still out there competing and, you know, willing to to get medals be on the podium while not representing russia we're going to take that away from you because you know we don't agree with this so you're gonna you're still russian Mm -hmm. don't forget about that i don't i have no idea if that's the case that's a little bit what this feels like because they're not making these payments and and you know now these russian at these ana athletes are going to have to you know they're going to have to decide what's their loyalty are they going to say i'm going to fight for myself and go against the russian machine publicly or am i going to you know, stick in line and, and basically not say anything. It's a challenge to them, right? It's a challenge. Like, is Shubenkov yeah. going to come out and condemn Russia? 
that's in the past is not a good idea, obviously. Uh, so but what's his, what's his path back to competing? If he does do that, is he going to change allegiances? Is he going to sit out and do a transfer of yeah. allegiance? I like, he's really stuck now. Mm-hmm. And so there's the, like you're talking about with Las Esquina, they're really stuck now because it's not mm-hmm. like world athletics is asking them to do something else. And if they do that thing, then they're able to come to speak free and clear they're they're attached now their fate is completely linked as it was before they had a moment where they broke off when they allowed them to to be a and a athletes but if we get and it, all of this has been pushed a little bit and hasn't become that big of a story because everything got pushed to 2021 yeah. so it's not being brought up as much but what could they do what more can these athletes do that were already in that pool so that way they can compete in the olympics in they're being used. They're being used as fodder on both sides of this thing. Right. Yep. And yeah, I, I mean, I, obviously, the, obviously, World, World Athletics is in in the right here on this one. Um, but they're being they're the pawns, right? They're the leverage yep. on on both sides. because hey, they're trying to call each other's bluff. Hey, okay, you didn't like competing. You you weren't able to compete under your flag. Now no athletes from your country are going to compete. How how's that? That's what World Athletics is saying to Russian Federation, and Russian Federation seems to be saying, "We'll call your bluff and say, well, no, you're not actually going to keep out these gold medal winning athletes from competing, even if they're just running in white jerseys and listening to the World Athletics anthem instead of the Russian theme song." And it's at an impasse. And man, it's got to be incredibly frustrating if you're one of those athletes. Right. I mean, they're like the kids stuck in the middle of a divorce. It's, I mean, it's obviously different than that. It's, uh, but I I don't see, I don't see world athletics budging on this. Uh, and we, I mean, Russia has obviously, obviously, uh, shown that they don't are willing to not listen to the rules, uh, to put it mildly. So we'll see. Um, maybe it is world athletics that ultimately says, you know what? Like these athletes well, the, have been willing to compete and let, you know, play under our anthem and, and, and do all this. It's not, maybe it's not fair to them. And then we'll, and, but then at the same time, you don't want to give any leverage to, to Russia. So it's like you said, very tough situation yeah. with these kind of so-called innocent athletes at the center of it. It's a, it's a shame. Um, and, and yeah, the, 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 the real loser of this, unfortunately is, is, the the athletes who uh were just trying to compete for medals regardless of what jersey they're wearing yeah and maybe they do something they world athletics gives them super ana status and say okay these athletes are good they're going to stay in this separate testing pool and they're good for the rest of their careers but if you want anybody else coming up ever to compete under ana or under your Russian flag, these are the stipulations that need to be made. Because I correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we were in Doha at the World Championships. I think public opinion on this is with World Athletics. I didn't hear yeah. too much clamoring on the other side about that that they were being mistreated by mm-hmm. the governing body here. So mm-hmm. I I think World Athletics, and they're not always in the right on the things but if they are on the right why wouldn't they just stand the right you know we should check in with we should check in with our guy who we met in in doha our guy constantine yeah Yeah. i i I follow him on twitter and i he had a quote he quote tweeted the the news and he said uh his his tweet constantine a guy a, a russian journalist who has a podcast go check it out uh 
he I forget the name of it, but he his quote tweet to this announcement where World Athletics effed up now officially. So a little bit lack of context or a lack of, you know, uh, don't know exactly what he's referring to. If he's mad at World Athletics, if he's mad at his own federation, but he's right. It's effed up. So I, yeah. I, uh, I agree with him there. Across the Runiverse is the podcast. It's in all in Russian. So if you speak Russian, that's your podcast. Because I, mm-hmm. I typed it in and, and downloaded it when we were we were there. And then he's like, but it's in Russian. I was like, I'm going to give you a download every week. You yeah. could just be saying yeah. horrible things about me and Lincoln the entire yeah. time. Wouldn't but know. I'm still going to give you a download. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would in all in all seriousness, I'd be interested to to listen to this if he because I know when we were in Doha, he had interviews with Lasiskene, and you know he's had Shabenkov on his show and all this. So I'd be genuinely interested in what they, they had to say. Now, are they gonna if they were gonna talk? They're probably not gonna come out and blast uh, the Russian Federation. But I, I, yeah. I, very interesting to hear what what those what those athletes who are you know dramatically affected by this would have to say. But we yeah. shall see. Definitely. Definitely. Get on it, Constantine. Get those interviews. Yeah. Get those downloads <laughs> up. <laughs> I'll try to get more dust off my Russian language book. Uh, okay. Uh, one other bit of news we'll get to. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I was call- wondering what are pro marathoners going to do with basically no marathons to look forward to in 2020? Maybe this event would have happened uh, even if there were marathons. But we do have another remote match race, and it's between two top marathoners in the U.S., Jared Ward and Jake Riley, and race a July 4th Firecracker 5K, if you will, remotely. <laughs> Ward in Provo and Riley in Boulder. Uh, mm. Going to be on Instagram. I think I'm going to check this one out. I'm going to be interested to see how they pull this off on on road courses. It's not going to be completely equal on both sides you get a feeling some courses one course will be easier than another who do you like in this in this dream matchup kevin i'm i want to say riley mm-hmm. but i mean riley's younger am i right there my feeling is oh, that riley's like younger maybe by not age? by much they're both 31 or 32 i thought right okay okay um I mean, Riley's – you know what? No. Jared Ward. Ward. Jared Ward didn't run well at the Olympic trials. He's probably he's probably ready, ready to go. He's itching to get out there. I'll go Ward yep. on this one. Okay. Um, I, I was leaning Riley because I thought of the age, but I also thought, hey, you know, he's ran better at the marathon, but this is a 5K, so it do, does not matter at all in terms of what your potential is as a marathoner. You know, what's going to be incredible here is the commentary. It's because it's going to be done by their coaches. Right. And Ed Eisner and Lee Troop can both bring it. I might just, this will be the rare track race where I tune in just for the commentary, except for the races you call, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, those guys are a tier below me, but who's not, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, absolutely. Ed Eisner's called many a marathon. I don't, I'm not as familiar with Lee Troop's work, but I'm fascinated to see how these guys are not going to trip over each other. I assume they're going to be live at the same time, like a, like a split screen type situation. Are they going to pass yeah. the ball back and forth saying, you know, Eystone's going to be like, oh, Wardy's looking really good. And Lee Troop yeah. and his Australian accent, right? Going to, you know, be calling <laughs> so, you know, them out. Say, I I, yeah, yeah. So fascinated to see how, 
how that goes. The numbers we have, as far as their 5,000 days, neither of them obviously have eye-popping marks. Uh, Riley is a 1332 best, Ward a 1334. Of course, they've been focusing Ooh. on the roads for, for a long time, but they're, they're, they're neck and neck. If you wanted to side with the Ward camp, you have a, a basically 800 feet of elevation uh, that mm-hmm. Ward is going to have the advantage of from in Provo but, uh, relative to Boulder. Don't know how big of a difference that will make. We don't know the layouts of the course. I feel like I'm going to go with the guy who got second, though, at the Olympic trials. Just, oh gosh, now what, what has it been? Four, four in February. Four, yeah, four months. Four months and some change. Uh, I'm going to go with Jake Riley on this one. A little bit faster PR. Oh. He's shown to their last race, he was considerably better. I know this is a 5K, but I, I think I'm going to stick with him. Should we do a remote watch of their remote watch? Because now I'm I'm on team I'm on team Ward and you're on team Riley, so now we're invested in this. Uh, I mean, uh, Ward's got that new shoe. I guess he had that shoe at trials, didn't he? Did he? Okay. The the mm-hmm. the the, the, the Saucony super shoe. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna come down to courses. I think. Yeah. I think it's gonna come down to courses. But I think Jared Ward. Right. Didn't didn't have a good race in the trials. But other than that, was very consistent. And he seems yeah. like a guy who can run a good solo time. So yeah. I think he will win. And I think I think he'll run fourteen oh two. Ooh. Oh, we're throwing out times. Okay. Ooh, fourteen oh two. This is on the that's road, pretty- right? This is on the road. They're not yeah, running on the track. On the roads. It's on the roads. Uh yeah, that's pretty quick. I I yeah, I, I I'm feeling closer to 1420. Uh, I'll go 1418. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just that just feels like the number. I I had a pretty good guess. I forget not too long ago on something, which shows me, oh. which breaks my streak of never being right about anything. Uh, you you predicted the over under. It was the Ingebrigtsen Road 5K, oh, and you yeah said, yeah I said you set the over under like it, yeah at the exact second right. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, so that breaks my trend of being incredibly wrong about other predictions, and shows that now I fix that part of my 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 game, and I'm I'm ready to make this right. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Riley fourteen eighteen. Um, mm-hmm. They are raising money for COVID nineteen. It says caregivers, so I assume healthcare workers and those who are treating the patients, of course, affected by the coronavirus. So it goes to a good cause. Not sure what time this goes off, but you can enjoy this with your hot dogs, hamburgers, or if you're me, your tofu dogs and tofu burgers, Kevin, on July 4th. <laughs> we have an email I wanted to read. I'm, I'm going right, to ignore that and read this email. So we got one from Terry in Beaverton. He says he has no insight into the Pete Julian team name, but here's a guess. You have to think they're going to use the name Blue Ribbon Sports or some version Insert track club, insert track team, insert athletics. Blue Ribbon Sports was the original name for Nike. Maybe something related to the swoosh. You can't use pre, but any other athlete besides Phil Knight or possibly Bill Dellinger is not really recognizable enough. Dellinger could be honored, but he was never 100% a Nike guy, i.e. there was a time when Oregon athletes wore Adidas. That's right. You could see them considering Jeff Hollister a few years ago. Oregon Project mm. wore red, white, and blue jerseys as a tribute at Milrose. Do you remember that? I remember that when Jeff Hollister passed and they had the yep. the special jerseys. Jeff is important in the Nike history. However, it doesn't have recognition outside of the company. You could possibly go uh, 
with something to do with the Cascades or Pacific Northwest. And he says, you can't do Beaverton Bobcats, which was my idea, because there's a neighborhood school a few miles from the campus and those fifth (laughs) graders will kick kick your butt, go Bobcats. He says, Mo Farah's daughter is a Bobcat alum. Lastly, there's a pizza pizzeria close to Nike called Papa's. It's crappy pizza, but the marketing concepts are endless. So there you go. Oh, I don't know if you heard. Did you hear Gordon and I discuss this? Did you know what he's referring to? I watched the clip and it did the pizzeria didn't didn't show up, I don't think, in the clip. So I, I missed that part. Um but I'd be we open just to that. Be funny. Little... It, we just thought it'd be funny if it was like they didn't actually have like track club or anything. They just became like team Beaverton Pizzeria. And mm-hmm. that was and they just did they just did hyper local advertising for <laughs> Even even like the uh, like the world championships, like mm-hmm. in all the post race interviews, they just plugged a, a pizzeria in Beaverton. Uh, but then I also yeah. thought they could come up with something that sounds like a T ball team from yeah. fifth grade Beaverton. I, I, right, right. I would. I mean, I feel like Phil's Knights is up there with with that. As far, I mean, it obviously has mm-hmm. meaning to the, the the president of Nike or whatever CEO of Nike, but. Uh, are we sure they're they're trying to come up with a name? They've had a few months now. Maybe they're just trying to lay low. Yeah. I don't know, but we, we're I've, obviously no need. Yeah. Um, Blue Ribbon Track think, Club, though I could see Blue Ribbon Track yeah. Club or Blue Ribbon Athletics. I think athletic. I think that yeah. might be the club the clubhouse leader. I think Terry's on to something here um, mm-hmm. because they they I have seen that more and more on on shoes and product and people talking about it. Okay, so yeah, the the, the issue is if they're well. The thing is though, if they're if Nike is like does some old has some old school merch out there already, and you see other Nike athletes wearing it, if they all of a sudden name a team after that, like people on the Bowerman Track Club who have blue ribbon, they got to give it all back. Clothing, they're like, I'm not on the blue blue ribbon. ribbon. Yeah. Um, like Elijah Manning who bought the Nike Oregon Project shirt when he was in eugene and then we thought he joined the nike organ project not the shirt yeah good for him um yeah hey it's a collector's item now um yeah maybe the waffle the waffle iron uh track club collective uh, yeah the uh yeah name it if after like in collective band. it'll sound the very collective Oregon. if you put collect mm-hmm. if you collective yeah it's so a waffle iron mm-hmm. collective would sound very yeah. Oregon. A, co- a running co-op I- if you will I'm up for anything that doesn't have quite the intimidation factor. Let's have a more welcoming name and not not a skull. Like let's do a newborn baby. Can we as that'd be the complete opposite of the Oregon project, just a cute baby as their logo. Uh that'd yeah. be much more welcoming than the than the previous edition. Like a teddy bear? Something like that? Right. Just right. That. I mean, yeah. cute, but it gets the job done. Yeah. I'm I'm interested to see what they do because it's it seems like it would be a waste not to brand it and market it and uh-huh. the international implications are big too right you have an athlete from Australia an athlete from Germany an athlete from Netherlands an athlete from Japan and obviously yeah. athletes from America mm-hmm. I would I would think you'd want to do something with that because there are big track communities in those countries. Yeah, it's weird. It's still weird to think Galen Rupp's not a part of this group anymore, right? It's like that—that's strange. He's on the Mike's the Mike Smith Track Club. Yeah. Now that yeah, would be a, that would be a collective 
it'd be, yeah, yeah, that, that would be, be the collective. Yeah, <laughs> the collective of the collective of one. The collective yeah. inside your mind is there. You go. The most important thing. Uh, I like that. I haven't, I haven't heard him talk in a while. I feel like my Mike Smith's getting rusty. I need new, ma- new material, new things to talk Definitely about. Definitely need new material. He needs his own YouTube or something. Uh, I need him chiming in on the various issues of the of the day. All right. So I've heard you have a you have a deadline. You needed to you need to run. I can't imagine. Are you doing house demolition? What what's going on with you? Yeah, some form or fashion. I'm staying busy. Got it. So Got yeah, it. I did not know I was going to be doing this. So <laughs> thirty minutes though, thirty solid minutes. Uh, it was it was an enjoyable time, Lincoln. So thank yeah. you for having me on your podcast All today. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see everyone. I think tomorrow. Until next time, email the show, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) Okay.